You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. But we're talking about the will of the Father. We're talking about the will of God. We started talking about that last week. But one of the things that, that um, as I was meditating early hours of this morning, one of the things that came to me is the fact that um, we have our own wills. Yes? And oftentimes, it's our will that will stop us from doing the will of the Father. As a matter of fact, sin came. The origin of sin, it started with self-will. It started with self-will. And there's nobody in hell who is not in hell by choice. It's self-will. Okay? So self-will can take you to where God did not ordain for you. So that's why we need to be careful um, with how we handle our wills. Because if you allow it, the enemy can use your will to take you to where God has not ordained for you. You remember in the garden, when God put man in the garden, right? One of the things that God said to him is, look, you can eat of every tree in the garden. But says, of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, the tree in the midst of the garden, he says, you shall not eat from it. He says, the day you eat from it, you will die. Oh, like the Hebrew says, dying, you shall surely die. Hmm? So, God... Because God made man in his image, after his likeness, he had to give man the capacity for self-will. Because God himself has a will. Alright? God has a will, and God's will, God will do whatever he wants to do. That's what the psalmist says. I think it's some, I don't know if it's 135 or 136, where he says, God will do his will. He does whatever he pleases in heaven and on earth. He is sovereign. He will do whatever he wants. Nobody can stop him from doing his will. Okay? So he made man in his image after his likeness. And because man is created in God's image, God had to give man the capacity to choose. He gave man free will. He made man a free moral agent who has the right to do whatever he wants to do. Yes. Look at that scripture. 135. Thank you. Whatever the Lord pleases, he does. Can you see? Whatever he pleases, he does in heaven and in earth, in the seas and in all deep places. So that is God, your father. 
He says that whatever he pleases, he does. So he has also made you to be like him and he has given you the capacity to do whatever you want. Some people say, why did God put the, 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 the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the garden if he knew that man was going to sin? Because he made man in his image. After his likeness. He had to give man the freedom. The opportunity to choose. Do you understand? He put, put, the, he put the, the tree there. And gave man the opportunity to choose. Whether or not to eat from it. But God made it very clear to man. And say the day you eat from this tree. You will surely die. In other words, don't eat it. But you can choose to eat it. It's not my will for you to eat it. Correct? Yeah. It's not my will for you to eat it. But if you choose to eat it, here are the consequences. Death is going to follow you. So man needed an opportunity to choose. So if the tree were not there, then man has no option but to only do what is right. And in that, in that case, he would not be exactly in the image and likeness of God. Because God also has the freedom to do whatever he wants to do. But he has made himself... He has, um, he has exalted his word above his name. So that he only does what is in line with his word. So God has his own personal constitution. And his personal constitution is the word of God. The scriptures, that's his personal constitution. So he can never violate his, his word. But then he has given us his word as well. And he has revealed his will in his word to us. And that's to say, we need to do what he says. But you have the option of not doing what he says. You have the option of doing what you want. If God says go right, you have the option of going left. Do you understand? So that's what makes us different from other um, like animals and all that God has created. The animals don't have any option. Do you know that? They don't. They just follow their instinct. God put the instinct there. They just follow it. But for you, you don't, you, 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 you don't need to just follow instinct. You follow his leading. And you choose, you decide what to do. So self-will is, 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 is vital in the life of man. That's what brought us to where we are today. Okay? And it's also what made Lucifer to become a devil. It was self-will. It wasn't, God never made a devil. He made Lucifer, right? He was the anointed cherub. So the Bible calls him. 
Let's look at Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14. We see here that uh, verse 12. He says, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. Oh? He says, For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will. Notice there. Huh? I will. You see, that's the genesis of Satan. Self-will. Yes? He says, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation, on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend uh, above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Sure. You don't go there. You don't go there. You can will anything, but not that one. Yes? So right there in heaven, Lucifer had the opportunity to make a decision. And he chose self-will rather than the will of God. Hmm? And then God says, yet... You shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. So self-will, that's where self-will takes man to. To Sheol. Sheol is the grave. Yes? To the lowest depths of the pit. So, it's good to be strong-willed. But you need to know what to be strong in. <laughs> strong will is good because it, uh, if it is properly harnessed, then it keeps you on the path that God has for you. It doesn't matter what anybody says. Peer pressure cannot change you. You need to be strong enough in your convictions, you know this is the will of God. And it doesn't matter what the world says. You need to be strong like that. Many times, Christians today are not as strong as Christians of those days. But I believe God is working to bring that, to, bring, to turn things around. Let's look at Ezekiel chapter 28. Ezekiel 28. Still talking about Lucifer. Verse 14, he says, You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you on the holy mountain of God. You walk back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. And he says, You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created. Till iniquity was found in you. What is iniquity? It originates from self. The word iniquity means crooked. Huh? Yeah. So if you go study the, the, the Hebrew word for iniquity, it means crooked. 
So he was straight. God made him straight. If you follow my will, follow my path, this is the path that I have for you. But then he, will, he was now beginning to go the, the way of self. So that's why if we, if we are not fully established on the will of God, we will be drawn into things and into areas that we never imagined. Okay. And that's why you found that Jesus was so passionate about the will of the Father. He would, he would not even dare to insist on his will. Even though he was perfect. Why would he do that? Because he knows that the will of the Father is the safest place. And it is the safest place for us today. The will of God. The will of God. I believe that the will of God is your home. That's where you belong. That's where you belong. You belong in the center of his will. Why? Because you are the crown of his creation. All right? He made you for a purpose. He put you here for a reason. You are here for a reason. And if there's anything that should consume you, it should be the will of God. I'm not saying you shouldn't have a will. You should have a will because God made you to have a will. If, you're, if you don't have a will, then you're a zombie. <laughs> and God did not make you to be a zombie. But he takes delight in you having your will and having the option to disobey his will, but then choosing to do his will. It gives, gives him great delight. And that's why he was well pleased with Jesus. He says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. If you notice, when the father affirmed Jesus, it was even before Jesus started ministry. So it wasn't about works. Are you following me? Yeah, it wasn't about works, uh, uh, but it was about the will of the father. You remember when he was 12 years old and he, he, he got missing. The, the parents were looking for him and they found him in the temple. After searching three days, they found him in the temple. And they said, son, why did you do this to us? We've been looking for you. What did he, what did he say? Huh? He says, yes. Hmm? Why are you looking for me? Must I not be about my father's business? What is that? The will of the father. So even from a tender age, he had already started pursuing the will of the father. At the age of 12, imagine. At the age of 12, the will of the father was paramount already. And he knew the will of the Father is for me to, to, to be established in the word. And he was there engaging the teachers of the law. So he continued like that on that path until he was 33. So by, by the age of 33, he had had 
opportunities to disobey, to dishonor his parents. He had had the opportunity, you know, to be a rascal. <laughs> yes, he had had the opportunity, you know, to be wayward. In his teenage years, he had the temptations that teenagers have. And he still stuck to the will of the father. Come on. He had the opportunities to, to you know, to, um, to steal. He didn't steal. You know, that extra meat that, you know, <laughs> that you stole that time. <laughs> he had the opportunity, but he didn't. He kept sticking to the will of the Father. Hmm? He had the opportunity to beat someone to death, and he restrained himself. He had every opportunity, and he just kept following the will of the Father. And then finally it's time to be baptized. He is a matured man now, 30 years old. He now knows who he is. And he comes and John the Baptist says, You are the one to baptize me, not me to baptize you. And he says, No, let it be so. To fulfill all righteousness. Huh? The word righteousness means rightness. It's the will of the Father. <laughs> it's still the will of the Father. And as John is baptizing him, the heaven opened and the Father spoke. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. He has not started ministry. All along, his character was being tested. Are you following? It was character that was being tested. And the father finally saw that baptism. That was the final test. Yes. After John says this, it, it, behold the Lamb of God. Can you imagine that? This is the one that I was sent my ministry was because of this man. I was born because of this man. So, Jesus could have just said, okay, John, nobody baptized you. I remember in the womb, I baptized you in your mother's womb. Now, physically, let me do it again. He could have just said that. But that was not what the father was saying. The father was saying, Go! And be baptized. You must be like every other person. To fulfill all righteousness. And what happens? The Father speaks. Heaven open. Holy Spirit descends on him. And that was the beginning. Of ministry. So he already had the, the affirmation of the Father. He had already pleased the Father before he started ministry. So many times we serve God to please him. Meanwhile, we should please him before we even start. You see? Yeah, so it's not serving God that will take you to heaven. That's not what will take you to heaven. It's, you are serving God because you want to please the Father, isn't it? But it's, it's, it's not what is going to open the door for you into 
eternal life. No. That's not what will take you there. But it is the will of the Father. Following the will of the Father. And that's why you see, even when we talk about the Lordship of Christ, one of our core values is the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The Lordship of Jesus Christ. Why is it vital? Why is it central? Because Lordship is about obedience to the will of God. Yeah. So many people want to a Savior, but they don't want a Lord. Just wash my sins and take me to heaven, but don't tell me what to do. That's how this generation is. That's the kind of Christianity this generation likes. Hmm? Just wash my sins away. I repent. Oh, forgive me, Lord. Okay, fine. Now take me to heaven. I don't, just don't tell me what to do with my time. Don't tell me what to do with my money. Come on. Don't tell me what to do with my body. Don't tell me what to do with my eyes. Don't tell me what to do with my ears. Don't tell me what to do with my mouth. Can you see? Jesus said in, 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 in Luke chapter, chapter 6, chapter 6, I think verse 46 or so, where he says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Yeah. He said, but why do you call me Lord, Lord? You, you, it's not about your profession. It's not about your profession. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? What does he say? He says the will of the Father. Because Jesus said, I say, my doctrine is not my own. All right? I do nothing except that which I see my father do. So his entire ministry was based on the will of the father. His entire life was based on the will of the father. So going around preaching all over the place, it was the will of the father. And that is why if you are really, really committed to the will of God, evangelism should not be a problem. Reaching the lost should not be a problem. Honestly, I think we need to repent. Because it's self-will that makes us think that we can violate the will of the Father and still be okay. Hello? Self-will. And self-will will take you to where God didn't ordain for you. That's why one of the tests of discipleship, Jesus says, is that if you will deny yourself, you cannot be my disciple unless you deny yourself. Come on. Take up your cross daily and follow me. What, what, what do you mean deny myself? Are you saying I shouldn't be myself? No, that's not what he's saying. He's saying that your will should not be paramount in your life. If you are going to be a disciple of Christ. So you have a will, yes, but you know which one should be supreme in your life. It should be the will of God. The will of God. So whose will is ruling your life? Hmm? 
Is it self-will? Or is it the will of God? I know this is not a message that you shout amen, preach it, and all of that, but, but we need it. And I'm, I'm also speaking to myself. There are times I find myself, find it hard to do God's will. You say, oh, pastor, even you? Yes. I mean, even Jesus had that challenge in Gethsemane, remember? He had that challenge. Father, let this cow pass over me. Hmm? Brother, I don't, I, don't, I don't want to go through this. But then he remembered. This is the reason for which I was born. This is the reason why I, I, I came to the earth. And he says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I am telling you, if you don't pay attention to what I'm saying, the enemy will find a way to creep in and to, 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 to deviate you from the path of destiny just because of self-will. So, it's what I want. It's okay for you to want things, but they must be in line with his will. All right? There are people that get offended when the word of God comes. Why? Because the word of God that comes cuts across. And they say, ah, no, 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 no. This, 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 is, this is too much for me. This, I, I don't like this. So that's why people heap upon themselves teachers with itching ears. People, people that will continue to tickle their fancy. You know, messages that will just continue to affirm their will. Yeah, it's tweetable, that's right. <laughs> yeah, messages that will affirm their will. That's all they want to hear. So because of that, they, they, they're hopping all over the place. Huh? They, the moment they get convicted, they say, ah, this guy, I thought he was a good preacher. <laughs> you know, but now, look, look at the kind of things he's saying. But they don't realize that the will of the Father is vital. The will of God should be cardinal in your life. That's what you should be most passionate about. And I'm telling you, if you can pray, if your prayer can be for the will of God and for the kingdom of God, you are sorted. If you have just those two prayer points for the rest of your life, you are okay. Don't pray for anybody to die. Don't pray for God to kill anybody. Don't pray, you know, don't, don't pray those kind of witchcraft prayers. Yeah. Yeah. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. That's, that covers everything. Once you have the kingdom and you have his will, what else do you need? Is it self-will you need? No. Because his kingdom, that's what it's all about. 
And you can see that in the life of Jesus, that everything he did was about the kingdom and the will of the Father. The kingdom and the will of the Father. When he was healing the sick, what was he doing? The will of the Father. Acts 10.38 says, How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Who went about doing what? Doing good and healing all those who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So he went about doing good. Huh? Who anointed him to do that? God. Yeah. The Father anointed him. Huh? With the Holy Spirit and with power. And he went about doing good. You know that word good in the Greek, it's a very interesting word. It also means a philanthropist. Yeah. So that means the ministry of Jesus was both spiritual and natural. The will of the Father. That's what the anointing is for. So that's why the winter collection we're doing is part of being good, doing good. Why? Because your father is like that. Isn't it? Don't we say it? God is good all the time. Yes? God is good. Satan is bad. All the time. That's right. <laughs> so God is good all the time. Satan is good all the time. <laughs> so you are listening. <laughs> Satan is bad all the time. Even when he appears, he appears to be doing good. It is bad. It is bad. So people that serve him, they think he's being good to them. But they don't realize how evil and how wicked he is. God is good. And if you, God is good, is it surprising that Jesus went about doing good? Huh? He went about doing good. Why? Because that's how the Father is. He says, I do nothing except that which I see my father do. So if he's being good, it's because he's seen the father doing good. All right? So it's okay to tip someone too much. Yeah, you go to that restaurant, it's okay to tip them. It, it doesn't have to be 10% all the time. Hello? Yeah, you can, you, you can actually tip them 100%. <laughs> Somebody shouted. <laughs> yes? The, the faith must rise. Let the faith rise. Yeah. You should be able to. Huh? Imagine you go there, you, you have that coffee, whatever it is, you go to, to, to the coffee shop, you go to Morgan Bean or wherever it is you like to go, 
I know if you go to McDonald's, you don't have these opportunities. <laughs> so it depends on where you... <laughs> but you can still do it in McDonald's if you want. But you, but you see, the point is this. If, if the meal is 100 rands, and you give that person 200, you have not done wrong. Oh, is it too much? Is it? Is it too much? Ha! Yeah. So we, you need, we need to rise to that point. Huh? Where you can tip even more than the bill itself. How about that? And that's a sign that you are blessed. Because it's more blessed to give than to receive. Amen. Yeah. I, I, watched, I watched a video some time ago. This, this, this church, they, had, they, they, they ordered for pizza. And the delivery came. This, this, this lady brought the delivery. And you know what? They tipped her. I've forgotten how many thousand dollars. For pizza. Yeah, it's about, I mean, maybe about $6,000 or, you know, in, they, just, they just said, look, we want to bless you. Hallelujah. We want to bless you. She didn't see it coming. You know, she's just thinking at best she will get just 10% or, you know, maybe 20 even, you know, if they are really generous. But the tip was far more than the pizza. And she broke down crying. She said, I'm doing this work because I'm, I, I, I had to, uh, I'm trying to pay my school fees. And the amount they tipped her was exactly what she needed. Now, I mean, it's, isn't that God? Yes. But you need to have a kind of mind shift to obey God if he tells you such things. Because some of us are so stuck in our self-will that we can't even hear such instructions. Because God is trying to speak. You are not at that wavelength. That frequency is far, far too high for you. You can't even hear what God is saying. Even if he's blowing a... Micro, megaphone. You won't hear it. Because your will has clogged your hearing. And that's our problem. And I'm praying for God to help me. Because sometimes our will. That's what is stopping us from being like Jesus. It's not the devil. It's our wills. Hello? Yeah. So Jesus went about doing good. No wonder. I mean, I, I don't understand how Jesus can give his, the, 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 the money to a thief. And his treasurer was stealing. And he didn't even, he didn't even lose any sleep on that. 
Yeah, he didn't lose any sleep. But some of us, oh my goodness. <laughs> my ten runs. <laughs> Heads will roll. Because of ten runs. Heads rolling. <laughs> so Jesus went about doing good, including allowing this man to eat. <laughs> Judas, okay, you are stealing, keep eating. There's more than enough. Can you can you have that kind of faith? <laughs> to walk in God's will like that. To have that kind of heart. Hey, imagine how, how God. You notice, have you noticed that since Genesis, huh, since the creation, when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, God hasn't come to the earth to add anything. Yes? All the wealth we're still feeding on is what he gave Adam and Eve at the beginning. Yes? Seven billion people. Some people are panicking that the earth is going to, you know, oh, we will run out of food. We won't be able to feed ourselves. We must control this population. God is not thinking like that. God is not thinking like that. There is more than enough. There is more than enough. That's why poverty is not made by God. It's the wills of men. It's the wills of men that created poverty. I'm telling you. It's more than enough to go around. Make everyone a millionaire. Multi even. But the greed in the hearts of men, that's the problem. God is good. Jesus went about doing good. He's doing good and at the same time he's healing them. When they are sick, he heals them. Huh? When they need provision, he provides for them. When they need food, five loaves, he multiplies it. Feeds thousands of people. That's the goodness of God. And then at the end of it, they gather 12 baskets. What are you talking about? We must not have a scarcity mindset. Because our God is a God of abundance. He's so good. He's abundantly good. But we need to be committed to his will. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and every other thing will be added to you. You don't need five jobs to have your needs met. Yeah, you don't. You need his will. You need his kingdom. You need to seek his kingdom. You need to seek his will. And in seeking his will, things get provided. Yes. After today, I want you to make sure you kill self-will. Yeah? When self says no, we're going to... You say, what is God saying? 
What's God saying about this matter? We go that way. We go that way. You know, there are sometimes I've, <laughs> I mean, there have been times, you know, I just come home. My wife has given away some things. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, is it really? oh, you know, I just bless this person. What? <laughs> it's gone. <coughs> yeah. So, well, oh, yeah, you know, I gave this person this bed. You know, this person needed the bed and it's gone. You know, in some circles, that will be civil war. <laughs> because of a bed. Huh? And, and, yeah, and, and she, she doesn't need my permission to do that. Hallelujah. Be good. Be generous. Don't be stingy. Your father is not like that. Stinginess is not the will of God. It's not. All that he put on the earth, we are still feeding from it. Up till now. And there's still more on the ground. There's still more. There's still... They are still mining diamonds. They are still mining gold. They are still drilling oil. Huh? It hasn't finished. That's, that's, that's beyond generosity. And that's how God thinks. When, when you walk in his will, that's where you walk into. You will walk in that kind of goodness. You will walk in that kind of abundance. Hallelujah. But are we going to commit to his will? Are we going to commit to his kingdom? And say, Lord, I want to see your kingdom come. I want to see your kingdom in Midrand. I want to see more souls saved in Midrand. That's his will. It's not his will. Do you know that the most valuable thing on, uh, in, in the heart of God is souls? It's the people. The wealth. Of this land is the people. If you take the people out, they, 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 there's no wealth here. It's the people. And that's what Jesus died for. So our hearts must go after souls. Begin to think about that. Begin to pray for people to know Him. Begin to pray for people to experience Him. Begin to pray for the salvation of the lost. Let that be our daily prayers. Lord, every household in Midran, let them be saved. Let salvation come to every household. Give me opportunities to reach the lost. Give me opportunities to share the gospel with somebody. Give me opportunities this week. And when he gives you the opportunity, self can say, no, you are not qualified. Or you are not ready. Or you don't feel anointed now. You know, you, those goosebumps you feel during worship, you don't have it now. What do you do? You just do His will. You don't need to pray about it. You see, there are some things we don't even need to pray about. 
Like, God, is it your will? Should I talk to my neighbor now? Or you, you, should I make it next week or next year? You know? No, no, no. Don't pray such prayers. Just go do it when the opportunity comes. Because you know his will is already written. It is not his will that any man should perish. Just think about it. What if that's the last opportunity that person has? What if that person is going to die the next day? You don't know. So let's not procrastinate when it comes to winning the lost. Let's do it. It's the will of the Father. You know, I remember years ago, I think I've shared this before. I was, on, I was in a bus, public transport. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He says, stand up and preach here to these people. Now, imagine, I, I mean, I was still very young. So I, I've never done such a thing before. Hello, says, preach to these people. I said, oh, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. But he said, speak to these people. And guess what? Self-will did not allow me to do it. I was just looking at them. I said, okay, if I stand up now, where will I start from? What am I even going to say? You know? Okay, what if they don't listen? What if they make fun of me? What? There were so many things that filled my mind. And guess what? I didn't do anything. The moment I got down from that bus, and that bus went, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said to me, if any of these people die, the blood will be on your head. I didn't know it was that serious. You know, that night I didn't sleep. I started, I was praying, God, please, let no one of those people die. <laughs> Keep them from dying. <laughs> Preserve them. You know? I, mean, I was praying for God to keep them, that the devil will not kill any of them before they have the opportunity to hear the gospel. I became an intercessor that night. No sleep. Praying. And, and I prayed for myself, asked God to forgive me, then I prayed for the people. We need to have that kind of heart now. And now I'm beginning to say to myself, why am I not like I used to be that time? There's something wrong. How can I go to sleep comfortably and people are still lost? The will of the Father is not, is not burning in me. Are you, are you getting my point? The will of the Father is not burning in me anymore. Something is missing. Something is not right. Huh? I'm a better preacher. I know scriptures better now. But the will of the Father still comes and needs to come back. I need to have that kind of passion again. I need to have that kind of hunger. I need to have that kind of mind when I meet people. We need that. I'm telling you, we need that. We need to start thinking souls, start breathing souls, start praying souls. Start singing souls. Dreaming souls. You're going to make money. Think about souls. That's what money is for. It's for souls. But 
I think there's something wrong with us. The body of Christ. Something is wrong with us. And may God forgive us. May God restore us. May God bring us back to that place where we can hear him again. We can start feeling what he feels. Let him take our hearts. Let him begin to speak to our hearts once more. Let him begin to wake us up to say, pray for this person. The reason why he's not waking us up is because he knows we won't wake up. He knows we're not going to wake up. He's not speaking to us like that. Why? Because he knows we won't obey. One of the things I found out is that the more I pray for people, the more God tells me to pray for people. It's interesting how it works. When you start reaching out, when you start making souls a priority, you'll be surprised at how God will start speaking to you about souls. I'm telling you. He'll start speaking to you about them. Then you'll be like Smith Wigglesworth. He's at home. God says, go to the park. There's somebody there that you need to talk to. Why? He knew that the guy would obey. He gets up and goes to the park, sits on the bench. He's waiting there for so long. Nobody comes. He could have just gotten up and left. But he waited there until somebody came, sat next to him. Person sat next to him, and after some time, the guy starts weeping. He says, I don't know why. You convict me of sin. <laughs> he has not even opened his mouth, he has not even spoken. He just sat there. But God began to speak to that person about his sin. And that's how he led the man to Christ. Why can't we experience that today? Something is wrong. We need the will of God. The will of God for people. The will of God for souls. The will of God for our lives. The will of God, you know, for his work. The will of God for the church. The will of God for... It's about his will. It's all about his will. Can we just stand up and pray? I want to be passionate about his will. I don't want self-will to take me to where I don't want to go to. I want, I want to now, I want to have the heart of God, the heart of the Father, like Jesus went about doing good. Healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. The reason why we're not seeing the power of God as we should is because we don't have the kind of heart Jesus had. May the Lord give us that heart. Whatever it is that has clogged our hearts, what is, whatever it is, ask the Lord to take it away. Are you following? Let's, let's talk to the Lord. Come on. Just ask the Lord. Lord. Anything. Whatever it is in my heart that has made me insensitive to your will. 
Ask him. Let's repent of our self-will. Where self-will has taken dominance of our lives. God cannot tell us where to go. He cannot tell us what to do anymore. It's only what we want to do. So we have become our own lords. I surrender myself to your will. Mighty God. Help me. There's something strange that has developed in our hearts. It's not of God. Whatever it is. Mighty God, touch our hearts. It's not just about what I want. It's about what you want. Let your will be done in my life. I want to be more sensitive to your will. I want to be more sensitive to your will. I want to seek your will in every situation. Let your will be done. Mighty God, mighty God. I want to be a true disciple of Christ, a true follower of Christ, a true follower of Christ that will deny myself and will take up my cross daily and follow him. To take up my cross daily and follow him and follow him wherever he wants me to go, whatever he wants me to do. That I will not live just by my convenience. But it will be about his will. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. I bless your name. I bless your name. I give you praise. Thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.